Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. Crickets. Because we have a new guest sitting in for Daniel and Logan. This is something new we're going to try to do. We're going to try to bring in some experts in various uh, subject matters. So, Bobby, you were supposed to, when I when I stopped, you were supposed to go DIY money. DIY money. There you go. Let's try that. Welcome back to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. I <laughs> love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bobby Livesay, L-I-V-E-S-A. I don't really know how to pronounce your last name because not too long well, ago you said, no, it's Livesay. No. What is it? It's Livesay, and, and actually if you ask anybody in my family, we'll all say it differently. So They do. It, they yeah, do say yeah. it differently. So Bobby is a CPA here in Lexington, admittedly been a very good friend of mine for a long time, very knowledgeable in the industry. And we, you know, for a long time on DIY Money, we have kicked around questions that pertain to different disciplines. And you'll hear Daniel Logan or I say, well, in full disclosure, we're not CPAs. So here's our thoughts, though. And ultimately, I thought one day, why don't we bring in a CPA and ask the question to the expert? So Bobby is going to join us today on a question, and but before we do that, we got to throw. I, I need to know a little bit about Bobby Livesey. I, uh, I well, first, thanks for having me on today, and look forward to, to uh, certainly have have listened to DIY for a while, especially with my wife uh, on our, our on our podcast. But um, we we started our firm uh, probably eighteen years ago now. My dad and I did, and. Uh, uh, been around. We do a lot of um, individual and business tax. We do a lot of accounting and payroll for for small businesses. Uh, personally, married to my wife Christina for just about twenty years, and have an eighteen year old daughter. You're about to go off to college, so that's that's She's sort a of, rock star swimmer too. Uh, rock well, star. I taught her everything she knows. Bobby is synchronized uh, swimming, though. You're, that was your deal, right? Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, great family, but uh, but a big change for us this year and her going to Ooh. college. So, well, we can maybe get into one uh, subject matter sometime about how you're budgeting for that and how you're going to be paying for that and all those wonderful things. That would be a good subject matter because we get that question a lot. But so we talk hobbies, and I know you're in the throes of tax season right now. We are literally cutting this episode on March the ninth. You've got corporate tax returns due in a week. So I know you're in the throes of it. We really appreciate you jumping in here to the DIY Money Studio to talk taxes. But what do you like to do in your uh, in your spare time when you're not, you know, crunching numbers? When I'm not crunching numbers, so I, I'm I'm an avid golfer. I, I admittedly don't play as much golf as I would like to, uh, but a, a big fan of in the golf world. Um, uh, actually going to get the opportunity to go to the Masters here. Bobby has an amazing story. I had the opportunity getting to go to the Masters with Bobby. I want to tell it, albeit very quickly, 
and you can fill in the blanks where I get this wrong. It was sure. your dad or your grandfather? Who was going through the house? Whose house was it? So my grandfather went to the very first Masters in 34. 1934, he goes to the very first Masters when you probably like walked up and like there was a bunch of guys playing. It's a $2 ticket. It was like, yeah, it's like the Super Bowl, like the first Super Bowl. You could literally like hang out on the field. It was crazy. So he goes to the first Masters now. But at some point, someone was cleaning. Your your grandfather has passed away. Somebody he, he was he was being put into a, like an assisted living facility. Okay. My, my dad was going through his his stuff, and he found this uh, the scrapbook of sorts. And in the scrapbook was signed uh, his his ticket, a signed scorecard by we eventually figured out it was the original first winner, Horton Smith. Unbelievable. And uh, a pairing sheet. A pairing sheet. Was there a flag in there too, or mm-hmm. something? I thought it was a mm-hmm. flag. No. no so you person. contacted the organization. And said, I mean, you know, I would have thought eBay, but you were like, no, let's contact the Masters and say, hey, we have this memorabilia. And they, would they say, pick out something, pick out one or two things? Well, yeah, so they took two of the three. They couldn't authenticate Horton's signature. uh, But uh, they took the pairing sheet and the ticket, and it's in the clubhouse somewhere. We've not seen it. Uh, but in exchange for that, my dad – so my dad wrote Augusta, and he did all of this. But uh, in exchange for those two items, he's on the ticket list for life. Lifeline. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lifetime ticket so. list to the Masters. And you have a cool story because you and your father decided let's take people who, every year who might not have ever have been to the Masters. So there you go, Logan. You need to get to know Bobby really well because maybe, maybe, I can't guarantee this, but maybe sometime down the line when he feels bad for you, he'll – because one year, I mean, his market was getting killed. It was rough, and he's like, Quint, maybe you should come to the Masters with me. And I did, and it was awesome. It was great. That's your story. Yeah, it's been a good thing for for lots of people to enjoy Masters. It's be- it's beautiful on TV, but it doesn't do justice. And, oh, it's and certainly, so he, usually each year he'll have three three to four people who've never been, generally never been, and they'll pass the tickets uh, at no cost to them. He, you know, he's not charging them. He's just he's just kind of passing on the experience. So cool. All right, well, let's get into why you're here. We've got a tax question today from Ryan. Ryan, what do you got? D I Y. Hey guys, Ryan from Connecticut here. Love the show. My question for you guys is about quarterly tax payments. Wanted to know your thoughts on skipping the 1040 ES estimated tax worksheet and putting in a set percentage for each quarterly payment. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Thanks. All right, this is a great question specifically for a CPA because uh, a lot of people don't have to deal with this. So I'm going to kind of provide some color. Ryan is getting Bobby for the first time, or this is you know Bobby's first time on the podcast, so this is kind of cool. Uh, not everybody pays quarterly taxes. I mean, if you just get a standard W-2, you have taxes withdrawn every single paycheck, and you don't even think about it. But what there is a world out there for a lot of people uh, where you might be self-employed, you might be a 1099 employee, you might have a side hustle, whatever it may be, or you may even be retired and not necessarily drawing any W W-2 income, but you're getting maybe income from your uh, investments or whatever it may be. And your accountant has probably said somewhere along the way, we need to start paying in quarterly payments. So again, I know this isn't um, a, a world for most of our audience, but a vast, a g- good chunk of our audience is small business owners, independent contractors, again, have a side hustle. So Bobby, walk us through that a little bit. Why would someone, 
I mean, I kind of just outlined it, but maybe expand on it. Why would someone have to pay in quarterly taxes? Why would they? Why would they want to do that? What's the What's the circumstances that they wouldn't do it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we can talk about his question specifically. Sure. So the IRS basically wants uh, taxpayers to pay in. And, and like, as you mentioned, on the W-2 side, it sort of comes out automatically uh, for those that aren't on W-2. Um, uh, even like Social Security or retirement distributions, if you don't take advantage of some of the facilities there to pay it in, then you're left with a liability at the end of the year. And if you don't pay in quarterly or in, in some fashion, but the quarterly is sort of the, the primary way of doing it, uh, then the IRS will hit you at the end of the year with a, some interest or, and or penalty if it's, if it's not done. So, it, and, and they'll look at it retroactively and say, okay, this is what you owed. And again, many people, the standard is we pay in W-2, then we file our taxes, and we get a refund, and we're happy about that. And we actually have a question coming up about that that we'll talk about that. But in this instance, somebody might not be paying in. Again, maybe they're a contractor. Let's just throw that out there. He's a contractor, does work, and gets paid, invoices people, gets paid, and at the end of the year sits down and says, okay, I made all this. Here are my expenses, and this is my tax liability. And again, we won't go through the odds and ends of self-employment tax and all that. But then you would think, common sense would say, well, then he just writes a check and gives that to the government. Government says, no, you should have been paying this in as you made it, and because you didn't, we're now going to hit you with penalty and interest. Is that correct? Yeah, there's some salt in the wound there when people say, hey, I've paid it in by April 15th. What's the problem? And the reality is that the IRS is looking for it to come in on a kind of as they, they view it as as the income is earned that the taxes are paid. Uh, and, and that's uh, an uncommon uh, or it's it's. It's not uncommon to get interest in penalties when you don't do that. In the state of Kentucky, we had a lot of businesses that are now subject to sales tax. This is new for a lot of businesses. They that That's a quarterly payment that they would pay in. They need to file and pay on a quarterly basis. So if, you know, if you're in a state and you're collecting sales tax, that is one thing you should be looking at. This is not estimated tax payments for income, but this is a sales tax thing. So, you know, it does hit a lot of places for sure. And, and for, further on that, a lot of client or a lot of, uh, uh, businesses are quarterly, but based on the level of sales, it can be as frequent as every two weeks. Oh, wow. Twice a month, or it could be monthly. Interesting. Uh, so this question specifically is, you know, on the basis of, of quarterlies, and I suspect what's happening. I, I, I'm going to kind of color in what I think is happening here. So let's say you are in a business that might be erratic, Right. Let's again, let's call it a contractor business. So in 2000 and I don't know, 22, 2022, this individual Ryan had just a gangbuster year. Right. So just killed it on all fronts. Banner year more than likely. And again, I'm coloring this in. This could be totally off, but I've this has happened to me. So this is kind of what I know. More than likely, this individual Ryan is maybe thinking to himself, okay, next year probably isn't going to be as good. But because he filed his return and had that banner year, the accountant's probably going, hey, you're going to have to pay in quarterly taxes based on your previous year. And he's going, this is kind of ridiculous because this isn't going to be the same, right? So speak to that and speak to his question about the percentages because common sense would say, well, then he can just back off that 
amount if we know it's not going to be the same can he do that can he not do that sure yeah uh, the, the irs would say that you should pay in a hundred percent of last year's tax liability but if you have over i think it's over seventy five thousand as a single of self-employment income or one hundred fifty thousand in a married filing a joint return that uh, they can go up to 110% based on last year's. Based on the previous pre- year. Previous years, yeah. Um, or it says, or 90% of expected current year. And so there's a little bit, little bit of that, and, and different clients look at it different ways. We generally will. If the information is there to make uh, uh, current year decisions, uh, this gets into some of the accounting side. If, if the client has good accounting records and we can see current year, then we generally will work with the client and do tax planning so that we can anticipate what their liability will be currently and pay it in as as what they expect to owe. If, if they kind of run on the back of napkins and they, they have the shoebox of, of expenses and they can't see heads or tails as to where their accounting is and what their net income will be, then we'll generally base it on prior year to try yeah. to keep them safe. So I want to make thing, one thing clear. It's not the higher of the two. It's what's more real, right? So, for example, let's say that this individual, Ryan, knows, okay, I'm not going to have the year I had last year. So I can, assuming they have good accounting, I can assume, I can do the numbers, run the percentages like he asked about, and make sure I get in ninety percent of the of the liability, and he would be okay. That's assuming things are less, right? Now, if it's above, and let's say that let's say for two quarters, three quarters, he's right, but Q four of twenty twenty three is nuts. To the upside. So now he's estimated and done this percentage, but if he does Q4, we could run into some situations where he didn't get 90% of the liability or 100% of last year's, and that's where the interest and penalty would be imposed. It sounds like the moral of the story is have pretty darn good records. It, it certainly helps to. And, so, and, and part of his question was, can I avoid the worksheet? And so the IRS gives gives us a tool out there that that uh, they call it a tool. A lot of times it's more more confusing than helpful. Really? From the IRS? From imagine the government. That, imagine Isn't that, that surprising? Yeah. That's really yeah. surprising. So, so I, I would tell Ryan, yeah, he, and from our perspective, he can avoid having to worry about a worksheet per se, but just have good enough records to work with your, your tax preparer or CPA that, that can help can kind of manage the tax plan. One of the things I share with people all the time is when they're starting a business or going out on their own, I don't care if you don't even think it's going to be legit. Like, it's like, oh, it's a hobby. I'll see where this goes. Have a team. Like, have a team in place. Having a good accountant, Have keep good records. If it's anything regarding legal, make sure you have a, a you know, and these can be friends per se. I, I'm not saying you got to go out and hire the best one in your town. You got to, you know, you might have a guy who's a CP, but get guidance, right? Get advice because it's hard to go back and kind of unwind mistakes. It's very difficult. All right. X, Bobby, you were nervous today coming in. No? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm sitting behind a tax tax preparation desk most most of the day. So this is one to change the scenery. It. But see, I, and, you're, I draw you out, and yeah. you're good. You're good. We're going to have Bobby on here more. Bobby, you're my boy. Soon we're working on reinvigorating our website. So we'll have, have his profile on here. Uh, but you can, if you had any desire, you could go to, what is it, livesaygroup.com. That's Livesay, right. L-I-V-E-S-A-Y group.com.
if you want to know more about Bobby. All right, friends, uh, send us those questions, audio files to podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. And remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Make sure you're paying those taxes along the way and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.